Hello everyone, what's up Team NXT? This is CD Danny Mac bringing you episode 41 of the Undisputed Future Podcast. 41. Still can't believe it. Crazy year, 2017, and the first takeover of 2018 NXT TakeOver Philadelphia. I had the privilege of being live in attendance for, as well as the opening musician, Dave, as you heard, and the man sitting next to me on my right, joining me for another episode, Nikki Six. Nick, what a crazy, crazy time in Philadelphia. Oh, it was so good. You know, those fans are always so much fun to be around, but this show was just off, off the wall. What a crazy... Unbelievable experience for our first out-of-New-York-State NXT TakeOver event. And let's talk about the energy in the Wells Fargo Center. That Philly crowd, we've been in that Brooklyn crowd. We've seen the Barclays, how rowdy it can get. But Philly, a little bit more of a rude crowd, but the energy was high. The Eagle chants, which I highly disagree with personally, myself as a New York Giants fan. But the crowd was loud. No matter what they were chanting for, the energy was up. Kicking off from beginning to end, it was we a privilege. We met a lot of nice people. Like, was, a lot of nice people. We met a lot of nice people over there. A lot of good folks, a lot of emotional bonding going on through that five-star NXT championship matchup. Unbelievable card in Philly. Nick and I will get to a little bit more of our personal stuff along the way, but let's break down this NXT TakeOver Philadelphia card. Starting off, which I thought was a shock to my system, see what I did there? Because the NXT Tag Team Championship match between the Undisputed Eras, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, taking on Akam and Rezar, Paul Ellering's weapons, the Authors of Pain, I thought it was a very interesting start to the night, but boy did this match deliver. What an incredible story in the ring told by all four of these guys. O'Reilly and Fish really knowing how to break down the bigger opponents, Nick. I thought it was a great start match. Start to finish, this match was absolutely Flawless. If you don't want to watch the whole pay-per-view, watch this, that match, and the last match, and it gives you a pretty good sum up of what happened. But if you watch those two matches, you can guarantee that you're going to want to watch the rest of it. Don't sell short the other <laughs> Undisputed Eras member, Adam Cole versus Aleister Black in that Extreme Rules match. Another match you must watch. Another TakeOver card. Another very satisfied weekend for NXT fans. Undisputed Era really taking it to the larger opponents in Akam and Rezar. Obviously, Paul Elring coming in with a strategy here, but Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly doing their homework. This is not their first time in their careers where they faced a larger set this of opponents. This is the first time where they've been defending champions. We can't forget that. That's also very true. Fighting champions, defending champions with numerous success and titles held across the board. Unbelievable though. O'Reilly really displaying some of that martial arts background. I've been, like I've said before, a practicing martial artist for over a decade and a half. And some some things I'll come across and wonder, what's the practicality in it? And then I see Kyle O'Reilly really breaking down from the ground, striking at Akam's knees from beginning of the match to the end with the little roundhouse kicks right to the inside and the real sharp sidekicks to the top of the kneecap. They truly really picked him apart. Really he's chopping like, down, like, chopping down the bigger trees in this match for sure. But Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly proving why they are a dominant force across the world, successfully outsmarting Paul Ellering and a master strategy as expected, Nick, but the Super Collider, just too much weight behind that impact. Fire this time. Too much power and too much impact, and it sent Razor backwards. It sent Razor out of the ring. Akum was the pinned man already working on that injured knee, hooking that injured leg. Unbelievable use of leverage 
by Undisputed Era. But what's next in the tag team division? We saw the returning TM61 tonight. I'll get to talking about them for a little while. But let's take a look at some other teams that might be able to face Undisputed Era. And I'm going to start off with the rematch. Confirmed for next week, it will be Sanity cashing in their rematch clause. We'll talk more about Sanity for that Adam Cole versus Aleister Black Extreme Rules yeah, match. But let's get <laughs> let's get to Sanity's chances in that NXT Tag Team Championship rematch. Fish and O'Reilly are hot. They can obviously break down a larger opponent, but Sanity is coming at them with a vengeance. Eric Young and Alexander Wolf will be the defending tandem of Sanity. Nick, is this the best matchup for Undisputed Era, and would you be able to give us some insight as to why? Yeah, I think that they're going with their tried-and-true team. I think that this has worked in the past for them, and they know what they're doing. It's exactly who won the titles, and they're going to keep going with that. Bound to win. Alexander Wolf and Eric Young will be cashing in that rematch clause, a rematch clause that was cut short by the Undisputed Era, leading to a random tandem that I enjoyed seeing of Roderick Strong and Aleister Black. Undisputed Era fighting champions will have to face Sanity next week. Great weekend for them up until that Adam Cole match. But let's shift away from that. Let's shift towards the growing talent that is the Velveteen Dream, securing his first takeover victory over Cassius Ono in what I considered an upset if you look back at my takeover pre-takeover look because I really thought Cassius Ono, especially after that unbelievable powerhouse match at War Games against Lars Sullivan. I thought he was due for a big win here, Nick, but there is no denying the talent and, first of all, the ovation that Velveteen Dream Ooh, got. Man, they loved him. I really wasn't expecting that. I thought the uh, the flamboyancy of uh, Velveteen Dream might... Rub those Philly fans yeah, the wrong way? Little, like, not so great, but they... They loved it, and the, he had those Rocky-inspired uh, get-up. I loved it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Velveteen Creed. <laughs> it looked like Velveteen Creed. I enjoyed it. We were down the road from I the like Rocky steps. The, the, the dream over. Dream over. I want to get to that catchphrase after we talk about this match, because I am in love with that. Cassius Ono definitely putting up a fight, definitely taking on a gatekeeper role here in NXT. I don't like that phrase because it's just one of those, he's a great worker and never going to make it to holding the gold, but Cassius Ono... still an amazing powerhouse of a match. Unbelievable talent. Unbelievable back-and-forth match. Great athleticism all around. The power and strikes displayed by Cassius Ono and the ring IQ of Patrick Clark, the Velveteen Dream, veterans and decades above his years, Nick, and that purple rainmaker done from not the springboard off the top rope that I thoroughly enjoy seeing, but getting a little bit of extra leverage and a little bit of extra distance here, Nick. What a sight to see oh, live in that crowd. Top rope, man, that was gorgeous. Macho like Randy. Savage? Macho like Randy. No, I like it macho, though. <laughs> that man is macho. Confidence oozing out of the Velveteen Dream. I'll mention it again. Some His people are savage, some people are macho. Two different parts. <laughs> you could break down the Macho Man character any way you want. Even Bailey's got some resemblance of it. Velveteen Dream, his first takeover win, and I'm sure not the last one. Velveteen Dream earning his way to the top. He earned the respect of the NXT audience. And what I love about the NXT broadcast, Nick, is they're not going to say, oh, the crowd is just cheering who they normally boo and booing who they normally cheer like a post-WrestleMania crowd might try and be manipulated by if you're watching a television broadcast. They acknowledged how much of that Aleister Black rivalry contributed to the NXT universe and NXT fans 
loving Velveteen Dream and seeing the promise in this kid. And I just really like not being taken for a stupid person for yeah, once. Yeah, I, I appreciate that WWE is finally paying attention, or at least Triple H is finally paying attention to who we are investing our time and emotion in. Reaction, positive or negative, as long as it's brought to the table. Velveteen Dream, a shockingly positive reception in Philly, at least I personally thought so, and a big first takeover win over the knockout artist, Cassius Ono. And speaking of knockouts, a person with a couple knockouts and a couple submissions in their MMA career goes head-on for the NXT Women's Championship against the Shinom. I've heard the Mythic Warrior for Ember Moon, but this Shinom name that Moro seems to have deemed Ember Moon, I'm getting a big a big fan of that one too, Nick. It's very reminiscent of, because it, it brings to mind, obviously, the Phenom of the WWE. So The interesting contacts clashing with the rolling back of the eyes of The Undertaker, I could see the inspiration for the nickname for sure. Taking on the Queen of Spades, Shayna Baszler, MMA talent, May Young Classic finalist, and overall bully here in the NXT division. And that's what Ember Moon is fighting against. That's what I, as a martial artist, am fighting against teaching my students every single chance I get. And I did not really appreciate the way Baszler went about this match, but I loved the resiliency and the heart shown by Ember Moon. To have a proper bad girl, though. It's nice. I really, really am enjoying it. That's she's mean, and she's just mean to be mean. There's no likability behind Shayna Baszler. There's some likable ability for the iconic duo, let's say, another big yeah, quote-unquote heel aspect of the NXT Women's Division. There's likability there. There is no aspect to like about Shayna Baszler's even, actions. Even when you go to the main roster, people who have been brought up, like Nia Jax, it's like, oh, she's a beast, but she's a beauty. Shayna Baszler's <laughs> all beast and all brawn and all bad news for Ember Moon's arm, receiving the same shocking arm injury delivery by Shayna Baszler. I don't even know what to describe that move. Just a vicious boot right where your elbow meets, and it was almost... One of those moves in the video game that you think you'll never actually see on WWE Televised, and, and it's just when you do see it, it's like, ooh... Oh my god, you cringe. The human body is not supposed to bend that way. Ember Moon receiving a vicious arm injury and be on the receiving end of a Juje Gatame style armbar. That's the cross arm breaker for those of you who pay attention to the pro wrestling name of it. Juji Gatame, there's your foreign language Japanese lesson for the day here on the Undisputed Future podcast. I love how she's incorporating her uh, MMA background into her actual wrestling style. She's not completely leaving that in the dark. This and is I'm curious to see if, spoilers, Ronda Rousey uh, also brings that to the table or if she's going to completely drop that. Will she revamp her game entirely towards pro wrestling or will Shayna, Shayna Baszler taking a very MMA-based approach? Good point there, Nick. Shayna Baszler applying that armbar part of her MMA style. I want to bring this up before I get into before I get into that vicious finish. Uh, Ember Moon's second MMA opponent here tonight. Don't forget her first title defense was against Absolution's Sonya Deville. So Ember Moon is familiar with MMA background opponents. Counters two submissions, and she made use of that tonight. Shayna Baszler, obviously still in the realm of MMA rules, forgetting the pinfall and shoulders on the mat style rules here in WWE. One, two, three, Ember Moon able to apply just a bit enough pressure as Shayna Baszler was shifting her hips back, trying to get the most of that armbar. Nick, the call by Moro, it's the one the one bad side to being live at TakeOver, is not being able to hear 
my inspiration call matches and call finishes like this. I went back to watch that and I reacted just like I saw it live in the Wells Fargo Center. Again, Mamma Mia, unbelievable finish by Ember Moon and it really shows her ring intelligence and how much toughness comes from her when she's trying to defend this division. Nick, I think she's the champion this division needs right now. It also shows how much brain power it takes to be champion on top of, you know, actual physical prowess. You have to be very knowledgeable of where you are at all times in the ring. Ember Moon defending that championship at all costs, limping away from the ring. I don't want to talk about this for long, but we got to discuss that vicious post-match assault by Shayna Baszler, applying that rear naked choke. That coquina clutch was real mean, real vicious. Ember Moon, we weren't able to see it from where we were sitting, folks, but Ember Moon really coughing up. It almost looked like she was coughing up blood. I couldn't make it out on television, but but, uh, it had to to be close. A vicious, vicious coquina clutch that hold was on for... Not vicious enough, though, because Ember Moon, the resilient Ember Moon, pulled through and showed up at the Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble appearance for the NXT Women's Champion. Very impressive showing. History was made. What NXT presence in the Royal Rumble? I wanted to save that, Nick, but this is a good middle ground. We're in the middle of the TakeOver card. Let's talk about the NXT influence in the Royal Rumble. We had NXT Women's Champion Ember Moon debuting in the Women's Royal Rumble. We had Adam Cole, baby, Undisputed Era leader, who we're going to talk about next, after that vicious beating by Aleister Black. And we have Andrade, Cien Almas, and NXT Women's Champion. NXT- Kyrie Sane. Kyrie Sane, the Pirate Princess, a second Women's Royal Rumble entry. There was so much chaos this weekend, Nick. I don't know what I'd do without you trying to do this show. Lots on my mind. Kyrie Sane, Ember Moon, represent the women's division. Adam Cole, Andrade, Cien Almas, NXT World Champion, lasting close to a half an hour. Yeah, an absolutely amazing showing for him. But Ember Moon pulling through that clearly injured arm and showing up at the Women's Royal Rumble shows exactly how resilient she is and exactly how how much being NXT Women's Champion means to her. She wants to represent that division and that brand on all platforms as many times as she can. Ember Moon, impressive showing, arm barred, arm and all with a great outing in the Women's Royal Rumble match. Let's talk about the Undisputed Era's leader, Adam Cole, taking on Aleister Black. First ever Extreme Rules match in NXT. What better place to hold it than Philadelphia? Nick, I want to talk about a particular piece of attire you wore to this NXT event. Showed up in Philadelphia with the ECW championship around your shoulder. You don't believe me? Check us out on the NXT TakeOver Philadelphia kickoff show. You'll see me with the old school NXT replica championship. And you'll see Nick with that ECW world title. And this match delivered just like an old style ECW match would. What an absolute beating on the hands of both Adam Cole and Aleister Black. Way too many spots to talk about, but Nick, let's get to some of the high points here. Both men beat the hell out of each other. I did not expect to see quite that much brutality. Lots of mind games as well. Aleister Black making use of a steel chair just to sit in and call Adam Cole out, but used in a physical way as well. Lots of pain to dish out. Lots of kendo stick battling. Amazing finish, though. Speaking of steel chair brutality, a steel chair attack countered by a black mass would seal victory for Aleister Black. The undefeated streak of the Dutch Destroyer continues. Cole's kind of screwed himself with that setup, though. He set it up, and and, uh, Aleister Black knocked him down. (laughs) You don't talk smack when Aleister Black is getting up. You gotta lay in the attack on the Destroyer. 
Let's not say Aleister Black had an easy victory at TakeOver Philadelphia. Going through tables, setting up some of the most cruel attacks I have seen. The way those two steel chairs were set up in a triangular fashion, back-to-back, Aleister Black giving Adam Cole a little bit of taste of his own medicine, but anything Adam Cole could do, Aleister Black did with a little bit more viciousness. Nick, have you ever landed on two steel chairs like that? And, Never uh, like that. The other way, yes. Never like that. I can't even imagine the pain that Adam Cole was in after receiving that. That's a hardcore wrestling veteran in the tri-state area talking on that, folks. Never put through two steel chairs like that. I love extreme wrestling, and I have not seen too many wrestlers take that. It was amazing. Adam Cole, Aleister Black, delivering a match of the weekend like I thought. I don't know what I don't know what topped it. I don't know if the NXT World Heavyweight Championship match topped it. I'm still debating between those two matches was, for still in the weekend. It was from two different worlds. I like to think that they were two complete different spectrums because when we talk about it later, you'll understand better. But like the storytelling was different. The mentality that went into the World Heavyweight Title match was unbelievable. Great, and the the, the brutality that went into the Extreme Rules match was so significant. It was beautiful. It's like a symphony of destruction. Extreme Rules match ended got chaotic with the presence of Sanity. We hinted at this before, talking about the NXT Championship match, but Sanity would make its presence known. Alexander Wolfe, Killian Dane, and Eric Young invading and destroying the interfering Undisputed Era, and Killian Dane with one of the biggest tope suicidas I've ever seen, even taking out his brothers-in-arms there, Nick. What a presence Wolf by was Sanity. calling for it. Wolf was calling for it, that psychopath. He wanted it. He knew what was coming. He was like, yeah, bring it on. Alexander Wolf not afraid to be in the shrapnel of a huge Beast of Belfast explosion. We mentioned that Tag Team Championship match Next week, Undisputed Era says Sanity will pay. I think Sanity's odds of getting those tag team titles back are a little bit up in the air right now, especially with Adam Cole able to plan the strategy. Nick, we got any predictions for next week? I, I don't I don't want to be that bold. I'm, I'm usually the bold one, but I don't want to be that bold. That is going to be a beast of a match, and I cannot wait to see those two lay into each other. It's going to be all-out war for Undisputed Era versus Sanity next week because as that tag team championship is on the line, Killian Dane goes one-on-one with the leader, Adam Cole. But let's shift away from the tag team action for now. Let's get into that highly anticipated NXT championship match. Andrade Cien Almas, accompanied by the beautiful Zelina Vega, takes on Johnny Gargano, accompanied by Candice LeRae, his entire family, and quite frankly, every single member of the NXT Universe at the Wells Fargo Center. Johnny Gargano, Johnny freaking wrestling, obviously loved in Philadelphia. Looking around the crowd, it was just a sea of red Johnny Gargano t-shirts, I myself being one of those, and what an atmosphere the NXT Championship main event brings. It started out with a ingovernable mariachi band for Andrade Cien Almas, even deeming one of his old masks. Not something I thought I would see in NXT coming from the champion. It was a really nice entrance, though. It was extremely well done. It shows how much... I think his his idea there was, like, how much he's grown as a person since he's got to WWE, and, like, how much doesn't mean to him what he's accomplished. See how he took off the mask and just threw it? 
Like, I thought that that was very symbolic of his character in the WWE. A huge sign of disrespect to the Ucha culture, if you know anything about the mask and what it represents. Very good point there, Nick. And Johnny Gargano, one of the loudest pops of the entire weekend. Not really surprised there. Johnny Gargano, accompanied by the newly signed Candice LeRae in the front row, who would have her own involvement in this very high-octane, five-star, six-star, I don't know what the star is, but if you're a wrestling fan, you need to watch this match. Nick, we've been to takeovers before. We've seen NXT Championship matches. We've seen Finn Balor. Fan reactions. Never like this. People were in and out of their seats like never before. The emotional investment Johnny Gargano brings out in his fans. We've seen Shinsuke Nakamura versus Samoa Joe. We've seen Finn Balor and Kevin Owens in a ladder match before. We've seen McIntyre and Bobby Roode. I don't think I've seen a better NXT Championship match live in my life. The atmosphere and the energy in Philadelphia was unreal. Living through some of those high moments, including Zelina Vega physically involving herself in the match. A couple times. Trying to do it a couple times just to be met with a little blonde firecracker known as Candice LeRae. Candice LeRae is going to be a big catalyst in this NXT women's division, Nick, but I think there's some unfinished there between her and Vega. I would not be surprised if Zelina Vega stepped foot in the ring. I think she has the ability. We've seen those Hurricane Ronas from her before. Yeah, we have, and she definitely shows that she is uh, ready and willing to get physical when it's necessary. Feud for those two is definitely near future. We might have had a conflicting ending at the end of this one. Andrade Cien Almas... Johnny Gargano delivering everything he's got, including some of the nearest 2.9 out of 3 falls I've ever sat through in a live audience, but unfortunate, unfortunate ending, a double knees on the outside of the ring apron, directly on the turnbuckle, I did not think he was going to go through that. Johnny Gargano eating both of Cien Almas's knees. I saw, We were on the other side of the ring. It wasn't the side closest to us of the ring where we were sitting, folks. And I still felt that, and I was still devastated by that move, just to be followed up with another dropping on his head, that hammerlock DDT. Johnny Gargano might need CTE testing after that one, Nick. What a vicious assault on his head. The fact that he stood up and walked out of that arena was absolutely amazing. The performance that he put on was gorgeous. Johnny Freakin' Wrestling, proving why that's his last name. The Rebel Heart of NXT continues to beat, but the Rebel Heart would be met with a Black Heart. The returning Tommaso Ciampa, accompanied... The second largest pop of the night, just for the record, ladies and gentlemen. Accompanied by a crutch, a crutch that struck the back of Johnny Gargano, as if Johnny Gargano could not have gone through enough after that unbelievable showing for the NXT Championship. The clubbing in the back by his former tag team partner and former best friend. And Nick and I were I'd doing... I'd like to bring up, like, like before we get to our, our point of view at that point, like, I'd like to bring up the fact that he didn't obsessively attack him. He wasn't trying to re-injure him in any way, shape, or form, but he was clearly trying to... He was trying to instigate him back and, like, trying to make him understand that this feud is still very much relevant, and you are not going to forget me. You will not forget the name Tommaso Ciampa. Tommaso Ciampa... Just delivering the message that I am here. That t-shirt. The Blackheart t-shirt. It's really, so cool. It's really, really cool. On the cool. back it says, this is my moment. I am so going to own that. Those harsh and chilling words before the vicious attack at TakeOver Chicago. But post TakeOver Philadelphia, Nick and I were visiting a local deli, Wawa. 
Wild Buzz Iced Tea is like candy, in case you haven't tried it. Um, shooting for a sponsorship there. Always shoot your shot. Absolutely 2018. Delicious. But going off, going off track there, we met up with a couple fans, and one gentleman brought up the point. I'm sorry, sir, if you're out there listening, I did forget your name. It was a crazy weekend for me. But he did make the point that Tommaso Ciampa has delivered two unbelievable NXT takeover, in, takeover endings while being injured. Two injuries, two unforgettable endings. Just a little fun fact about the psycho killer black heart of Tommaso Ciampa. Trying to put a little bit of a positive spin on on that. It just makes for such great television. I cannot wait to see that feud culminate. The DIY feud, I believe it's going to take shape and take... And if you want a little taste of it, we can always go back to the Cruiserweight Classic match that they had. Cruiserweight Classic? They were on good terms then. I could only imagine the clinic they're going to put on in this absolute blood feud of a rivalry. Tommaso Ciampa jumping Johnny Wrestling after an unbelievable showing for the NXT Championship. But I want to drift away from the pessimistic news, Nick, and bring up some very optimistic new signings to the NXT roster. Trevor Mann, you and I know him as Ricochet. Ricochet. War Machine, the successful tag team from all over the world, known in Japan and Ring of Honor, as well as Ethan Carter III, EC3, NXT's former Derek Bateman, but he is a much bigger star now. Let's run down the list here, though, Nick. Ricochet. I know Ricochet from that unbelievable, it was almost like an anime battle-style matchup between him and Will Ospreay. That made me a Ricochet fan right away. Also known in Lucha Underground for his performance as Prince Puma. Nick, you got a little bit more insight as to Ricochet's all-around achievements and backgrounds, most notably in Japan or Lucha Underground, anything like that? I always do. The man has been in several promotions, uh, most prominently Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, Battle of Los Angeles, Dragon Gate USA, and several others, New, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and of course... Lucha Underground, where he's been most prominently known as Prince Puma. Ricochet, a promising talent to NXT. I know his signing was hot, but I was looking forward to these guys. Roe and Hanson, known as War Machine. War Machine, a big, devastating force. I'm really hoping to see the former IWGP, excuse me, former two-time IWGP tag team champions, as well as Ring of Honor champions. Their achievements can go parallel with notable teams like the club. So War Machine showing a whole lot of promise coming into NXT. I want to see them lock it up with teams like AOP and Heavy Machinery for sure. And are we going to get, like, do you people think that we are going to get to see that? Do you think that AOP is due for a call-up? Do you think that's around now? Or is that going to be postponed? Do you think Sanity is due for a call-up? I know this might be NXT Championship last chance for Sanity at this point. Do you guys think both one of these teams or none of these teams will be called up post-Royal Rumble? Please give me your thoughts at podcast underscore UF or any other form of social media. But before I get to any endings and before I get to any social media plugs, let's talk about EC3, Ethan Carter III, known most on NXT as Derek Bateman, but he left... This brand, he reestablished himself, kind of a Drew McIntyre-like story, almost exactly parallel to Drew McIntyre. Nick, your thoughts on EC3? I see him as a very good talent. I see him as a very big part of NXT in the coming months. I don't know where he's going to go with his uh, gimmick. I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see if he's going to grow, take it in a new a completely new style, or if he's going to go back to his old ways where we've seen him in you know, Impact. 
We've seen him play a sort of 90s bully in NXT, if you remember his first time around, but he could come in as a spoiled guy who thinks he deserves opportunity. I know we've kind of seen that in Bobby Roode, but EC... I mean, my, my, my favorite interpretation of him was when he was on uh, Z Long Island <laughs> experience with... Uh... The Z True Long Z-true Island Story. Long Island Story. I'm sorry. It's been a long time. It's been a really long time since that's aired. Yeah, Zack Ryder, unfortunately, not getting new segments on Z, but he's still a very big YouTube talent. Shout out to Zack Ryder on that one. Big fans of Long Island Ice Z here on the podcast. EC3, I see him coming in as a man who is used to being handed opportunity. The former nephew of a professional wrestling organization chairman. So he's used to being handed things, not really working too hard. Perhaps coming in, jumping in for number one contendership. And I see that clashing with the NXT character we know from Drew McIntyre. I would like to see him almost form another group and I would like to see him work with Tino Sabatelli and Riddick Moss. I think that together those three would make a fantastic powerhouse group. Big money, big money across the board. EC3 and big money athletes Sabatelli and Moss could be a very interesting trio to join NXT. I am in awe and cannot wait to see how all of these talents will be utilized going forward into NXT. But going forward from TakeOver Philadelphia, we get the post-show, pre-show, which we know it as the pre-show. I've given away <laughs> I've given away this TakeOver secret before. Give up the magic. Two TakeOver veterans right here, and it started off with NXT Women's Division action. We saw the lady of NXT, Lacey Evans, take on the crazy Nikki Cross, the psychotic Scott, really launching an attack here. Yeah, absolutely. Coming right out the bat with that nearly decapitating... She nearly cut her right in half with that crossbody. Crossbody followed by a flurry of fists. Hot start for Nikki Cross, but a comeback by Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans getting some getting some time to display what she can do. A former Mae Young Classic competitor as well, but a really a decent showcase here. I did not know those long legs were capable of such a beautiful moonsault. Absolutely beautiful usage of those legs. It didn't pay off. She had a, an amazingly impactful big boot. Earlier in the match, that was perfectly executed. However, I believe it sent uh, Nikki Cross to the outside, which worked in Nikki Cross's favor. <laughs> Nikki Cross very comfortable with the outside. We've seen her enter the NXT arena through those very means. Nikki Cross launching a comeback and making short work of Lacey Evans after a brief period of offense from the lady of NXT. But Cross would launch and hit that devastating fisherman-style neckbreaker. And Nick, I love that move, and I really think it needs a finishing name. It really, really does, and it gets such a great reaction from all the fans. It really matches her character. I love when a character's moveset matches and really delivers behind them. If you listen back to my Sawyer Fulton interview, Sawyer Fulton really praises Nikki Cross as the best female talent they have in WWE. That's a word-for-word quote. Go ahead and check that out. Nikki Cross, victorious in Philadelphia. I am 100% behind that. I think we all know how much I am behind that. Crazy like a fox. She was getting... There were times Lacey Evans had, you know, laid into her. But even at those points, you could tell that Nikki Cross was clearly in control and that she had a game plan. Don't underestimate the craziness of Nikki Cross, and she can take a beating on top of that. We saw it victorious here tonight. Nick, the only thing missing from next week's Undisputed Era War with Sanity, I think, might be a Nikki Cross and Tynera Kanchi rematch, but I'm not going to push my luck. I'm a fan of the real black belt of NXT. I don't want to see her go through that beating at Nikki Cross's hands once again. She does not want any part of that. That's exactly why she hasn't been seen with the Undisputed Era. 
Like you mentioned on that very episode, it seemed like a hired gun sort of tryout match. I know she's working with two other Brazilian talents on the NXT live circuit. If I could just drop that fun fact for you. She's working in a tag team. And let's talk about tag teams. Let's talk about a returning tag team tandem from Australia. I'm a huge fan of TM61 taking on the Ely brothers, Gabriel and Uriel. Just showing that the mighty don't kneel. Literally don't kneel. (laughs) Shane Thorne, obviously, as you guys know, devastating knee injury, taking TM61 out of NXT television action for over a year. But boy, did they make a comeback. The mighty don't kneel. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. Shout out to anybody who joined me in that crowd chant there because I felt so alone. And it... You started it up. It was was, was a weak start-up, no offense. But... There was about four or five people right behind us who joined in, and Dan was extremely appreciative. He even said thank you. Shout out to anybody (laughs) in Philly who managed to join me on that one. The chant, unfortunately, not coming across on television, but a TM61 chant coming across on television after an outside 450 launch by Shane Thorne here, Nick. Unbelievable offense by the mighty. Both of the Ailey brothers. Shane Thorne showed absolutely no ring rust. The man was flying off the top rope just everywhere using his knee in the actual offense. I saw several knee attacks. Shane Thorne not missing a beat, and Nick Miller. Nick Miller, some unexpected athleticism. I don't say that in a disparaging way here, Team NXT, but Nick Miller, before what we know about TM61, is he was the powerhouse of the team. He was the ground-based part of that team. But the guys got another beautiful moonsault. The second one we saw in the set of match tapings, the first one unsuccessful by Lacey Evans, but Shane Thorne and Nick Miller both able to hit some aerial offense. You just truly don't get tag team action like you do from those two. TM61, just an absolute couple of dynamos, including a power game of their own, which they displayed, Nick, with Thunder Valley. One of my favorite oh, tag so team good. grappling finishers. Name is so... Oh, so yep. good. Thunder and it's true, too, because, man, I don't know if you guys, guys have ever seen that move performed live, but... Man, it is loud when they come down. A ring shaking. I I can't tell which one of them took it. The Ely brothers, kind of like the Basham bros, identical twins. Very hard to tell those two apart. I'm going to say, I think it was Gabriel, if I recall Moro's commentary correctly, taking that Thunder Valley finisher and a successful start to TM61's 2018 I'm going to make a quick prediction about the Ely brothers, Nick. They did put on a good showing. The guys got some potential talent. The twin magic, never a lost art when it comes to two tag teams. When it comes to tag teams like that. So I really would like to see the Ely brothers mix it up with another powerhouse team. I see the Ely brothers versus Heavy Machinery in the near future. I see that being like more of an undercard great feud between the two of them and then it's going to launch, you know, whichever the winners is. I think it could also add a little bit of personality to the Ely Bros as well. We all know Otis Dozovic could bring out the charisma in the best of them, Tucker Knight as well. But let's talk about TM61. Unbelievable comeback. I still want to see that TM61 versus Authors of Pain, Dusty Rhodes Classic Finals rematch. And with their loss against the Undisputed Era and needing a really good send-off match, Nick, I can't think of a better send-off match for the Authors of Pain, assuming they get called up soon against Shane Thorne and Nick Miller, really giving them a chance to show that the mighty don't kneel despite past unsuccesses. I love that idea, and I think that that TM61 deserve that, you know, redemption match. But at the same time, I feel like the Authors of Pain are such like such a force 
that them almost not them not passing the torch to the next big that would be uh, a, a very essential part of what they do I feel on NXT NXT passing the torch one big stars to the next in respective divisions TM61 I feel they're due for a big time rematch Nick wants to see it I want to see it do you guys want to see it Ely Bros really making an impact in NXT going from the live show circuit to their television re-debuts for the first time really getting a chance to show their ability it's a hot time in NXT tag team division but it's also a hot time to be in the United Kingdom division and getting a chance to watch these unbelievable talents. Right now, I'm talking about Tyler Bate. Tyler Bate with a very busy weekend in Philadelphia as well as another couple days. We saw him in the match I'm about to talk about against Roderick Strong in the number one contendership match. But for those of you who don't watch 205 Live, Tyler Bate featured in the new 16-man tournament for the Cruiserweight Championship that will culminate in WrestleMania. But you know my policy about a spoiler-free zone. You want to see that matchup, you got to tune into a podcast about Cruiserweight Wrestling or you got to watch 205 Live for yourself. But let's talk about Roderick Strong taking on the 20-year-old Tyler Bate. Nick, this match delivered and Roderick Strong showing exactly why his moniker is the messiah of the backbreaker. The young Tyler Bate probably has the back of an elderly man after this assault. Yeah, he's definitely limping around. (laughs) Early going in the match, you can see exactly how evenly matched these two men were. And then uh, you can see as it started to break down where Roddy is, you know, he's clearly the ring veteran, and you can see where he uh, takes precedence in that, you know, with his ring wherewithal. He knew exactly where Bate was going to end up and caught him for that double underhook backbreaker. It was gorgeous. Strong will hit you with the backbreaker from any angle. What brings up his Messiah of the Backbreaker nickname, Tyler Bate having a great series of matches with Pete Dunne, unfortunately cut short at three matches. Roderick Strong able to secure the number one contendership for the WWE UK Championship. It's been mentioned as the NXT Championship before, but I think they finally established the WWE UK title. Roderick Strong, the second American to get the chance at it, and Nick, he earned it tonight. We saw a ruthless Roderick Strong on this match. Yeah, but not before we saw some of the most innovative wrestling we've seen in a really long time. I saw one of the most painful-looking gory specials I have seen in years. A sideways gory special. Yeah. Man, he really had some torque on that. A lot of manipulation by Roderick Strong on that. By the wrists and the ankles and just pulling. Tyler Bate coming up short. Tyler Bate, great series of matches. Young kid. The sky sky is the limit with Tyler Bate securing match of the year at TakeOver Chicago. Really, really no competition when it comes to votes on that one. But let's talk about the anticipated UK title matchup. Nick Roderick Strong versus Pete Dunne. A lot of vicious, a lot of ruthless attacks. Lots of promise in that match with the body manipulation. One of your favorites versus one of my favorites again. This is going to be fun. It's another crazy clash for the UK Championship. The Bruiserweight, Pete Dunne, takes on Roddy and I guess the world. Is it Roddy Roddy versus the world versus Pete Dunne? Is Pete Dunne on the side of the world? Give me some insight here, Team NXT. (laughs) No announcement date on that UK Championship match, but I'll be sure to keep you posted. I'm highly anticipating that one. And I was highly anticipating... This year's Royal Rumble match, not just the men's, but the women's as well. Nick, let's take a look at 
just how much of an influence NXT talent had over the Royal Rumble. We just mentioned it shortly ago. Finn Balor and Rusev, two NXT alumni, starting the match, and Shinsuke Nakamura and Roman Reigns, as much as you may not like it, two other NXT alumni finishing the match. And just an, an unbelievable presence for NXT getting really, really the platform to display what their champions are made of and what their former champions are made of as well. Yeah, it's about time that we, we get to see the the true history of NXT just within the Royal Rumble, and to see that unfold is is absolutely beautiful. We've seen the growth from NXT, such as notable alumni from 2015, the man who lasted nearly an hour, the longest reigning NXT champion in history, a man I'm a huge fan of, Finn Balor, Shinsuke Nakamura, former two-time NXT champion, would go on to win the Men's Royal Rumble match. And not just the guys making their presence known. Of course, we mentioned Andrade Cien Almas entering at number 7, and Adam Cole. Nick, do you remember Adam Cole's entry number? I, I do not. I can't hi, such such a crazy, please. such a crazy, crazy weekend. A crazy weekend. <laughs> but... Regardless, lasting through that rib injury at the hands of Aleister Black, making his presence known in in the Royal Rumble, just to be eliminated by surprise entrance and my favorite wrestler of all time, Rey Mysterio, entering at the successful number of number 27. So lots of craziness going on in the Men's Royal Rumble. NXT making their presence known. Andrade Cien Almas, NXT champion, lasting nearly a half hour. And the NXT ladies came out as well. We mentioned Ember Moon, NXT Women's Champion, coming out, fighting through that arm injury. And Nick, let's talk about the Pirate Princess, Mae Young Classic winner, Kyrie Sane, also getting a platform to really show what she's made of as well. And we got the NXT Women's Champion, longest reigning of all time, over 520 days, Asuka, of course, winning the whole match. Not These to late- mention the fact that Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch started it off. They were numbers one and two. NXT NXT TakeOver Unstoppable rematch to begin that Royal Rumble. Big fans of the two NXT alumni ladies to start that match. Big fan of the first women ever eliminated from the first ever Women's Royal Rumble. I'm so excited about her achievement. I can barely get it out. The golden goddess Mandy Rose, the first woman ever eliminated from the Women's Royal Rumble. Making history all over the place. In great fashion, too. Looks always looking good in... Way more ways than one. But shifting shifting away from misogynistic thoughts, let's talk about the winner of this match, Nick. The undefeated Empress of Tomorrow, Asuka. I know it might have rubbed some people the wrong way. I personally thought Asuka could have not won this and still have her undefeated streak protected. I think maybe Sasha Banks had a real good shot. I I think I, I could speak Sasha for Nick. Banks was really going to take it home this time. You know, with the Wonder Woman outfit and get up, I really thought that this was going to be, especially with her coming out as number one, and nearly making it to the end there, I really thought this was going to be her year. Could have been a historic night, not only the first ever Women's Royal Rumble, but also have the number one entrant winning. I think that could have been an action-packed match. But Asuka coming in number 25 and winning the match, not getting a WrestleMania decision by her this week, and not getting it even at the end of the match. Both champions, Alexa Bliss and Charlotte from Raw and SmackDown respectively, would be interrupted by the MMA-famous UFC's own Rowdy, Ronda Rousey, 
I'm a huge Ronda Rousey fan. I believe the rumors were true. I thought she signed. I read full-time contract, but she wasn't on Raw or SmackDown this week. I don't know when that full-time contract is supposed to kick in, but I think Ronda's got a lot of potential here, guys. I think that Ronda's been... I know that Ronda's been working with some of the greats, like Brian Kendrick. I know she's been putting her time in at the Performance Center, but I honestly know it's not going to happen, but I would like to see a little bit of Ronda Rousey here in NXT. Yeah, I think that she would, you know, gain a lot from being around, you know, not just the talent, but fans of NXT. The hardcore fan base of NXT, if you could appeal to those guys, not everything has worked, but a whole lot of things that have gotten a strong reaction from the NXT audience have come to great things on the main roster, and I think Ronda could learn from there just how to develop a character and a pro wrestling personality. Because she's had, I've obviously watched her press conference and her interviews for the UFC. I know how much of a tough, tough woman that she is. But I've like doesn't to, seem to be the persona that she's given off. No, it, it doesn't. She seems to be going for a uh, a little bit more of a happier side yeah, of Ronda like Rousey. Tom girl kind of thing that she's got going on almost. <laughs> we'll see if the return of Rowdy's pit. I don't. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not pushing for anything. Wrong. Lots of blessing taken upon by Ronda Rousey before the great Rowdy Roddy Piper passed away. Even wearing his jacket deemed by Roddy's son to Ronda Rousey. So a really, really special debut for Ronda. I wish her all the best in WWE. I think that if you're being a little skeptical or if you're being a little short-minded about it. Open up your mind just a little bit. She's obviously a combat sports veteran. Shayna Baszler making the transition. Sonya Deville making the transition. I'm just naming a couple favorites that maybe you guys are already fans of that might want to open up your mind and give an MMA fighter a shot in the world of professional wrestling. Nick, your thoughts on Ronda Rousey in and out of the MMA world? Do you think she might succeed here in WWE? I think she has a very good chance to succeed. She has a lot of, she's just got a lot of buzz around her name right now. I think that if the WWE does this right, they can absolutely capitalize on what they have. But again, it has to be done correctly. There was a big missed opportunity when they didn't bring her into NXT. But I also see that there is a lot of pull behind it, a lot of name recognition for Ronda Rousey. So it's hard to bring someone like that into a NXT developmental area. I can't wait to see where the main roster ladies locker room versus Ronda Rousey. It's coming off across as real, but I think it's kind of a worked shoot sort of style in social media interviews. It's some really good stuff, Nick, and anybody else who's not... I don't know how I felt about like her almost taking precedence over the winner. Of the sure, I mean, that's that's a major controversy across the board. Would the Women's Royal Rumble have closed the show if Ronda Rousey wasn't debuting there? Another really big controversial question there. And you could discuss any of that with me on all the social media platforms. Let's run them down again here. Team NXT at podcast underscore UF is the Twitter. Lots of polls going up. Thank you for all the interaction. Takeover Philadelphia weekend. Thank you for anybody who reached out and tagged me saying that you saw me on television. Nick and I on the pre-show with Kayla Braxton. Thank you just for that tiny bit of recognition for me on television. That experience was uplifting, but getting getting reaction from fans. I have 500 followers for Philly. That happened. I could not have done any of this success without you, and due to that 500 fans for Philly, I'm going to start with a little bit more of the social media outreach on Instagram Live, which is 
Undisputed Future Podcast, all one word, as well as the occasional Facebook Live shows and let's get the social media active. What do you guys want to see? Would you want to see me and Nick react to NXT in a live stream if we happen to be watching it together before we sit down and get a little bit more organized behind the mic? Would you like to see live reaction to takeover matches as they're happening? Do you want to see us watching the show? Do you want to feel like we're sitting there in the living room with you, having a couple extra guys scream there next to you? There's a lot of potential going in. I'd like to see a vlog, maybe, of us going to and from the events. Something like that. NXT live events could be hitting the tri-state area soon. Nick and I always trying to make the live events. If you haven't been to an NXT live event yourself, one of the most intimate settings and bringing the NXT talent's personality out behind cameras. It's its really something special. Would you like to see us vlog and interact with other members of the NXT universe and hopefully future members of Team NXT? But to all of you present members of Team NXT, thank you so much for listening. I could not have done any of this without you. NXT TakeOver Philadelphia, an unforgettable experience for myself, and I'm sure I could speak for Dave, and I got the man able to give you his own personal reaction, joining me on this episode, my most consistent co-host, the fan reaction with the in-ring experience, Nikki Six, who got his second takeover second. collector chairs. It was amazing. I got two now, ladies and gentlemen. Dan got his first. It was awesome. Great value. Shout out to the guys who respectively sold us our takeover Philadelphia and Nick's TakeOver Brooklyn 3 chair. That's Nikki Six. I'm CD Danny Mac. Thank you for joining me, Team NXT. Next time, listen up for Philadelphia Fallout. <laughs>